What's up, what's up, what's up, friends, family, and fans? This is your boy, Stone Stafford, and always, I am with my ride or die. Shiny Vaughn, what's going on, Yo, brother? Welcome to Life on Podcast, where we listen and inspire friends in entertainment. We are here for round two with the lovely and talented, multi-Grammy-nominated <laughs> Miss Simone Torres. So back to what I was I used to do that with my computers all the time. Like, I mean, you can't with the MacBooks anymore because yes, they're one piece. Yes, you can. Okay, we will talk. Well, all I YouTube. heard just now went beep boop boop. That's all I heard, right? <laughs> all right, so you built. I'm sorry. Let me just get this right. You went to a studio, the guy that you're working we could say four, right? Or with? Um, no, it was just... No, so he was a studio engineer. He was just a studio engineer. He was yeah. just a studio engineer. Yeah. But you were in there with Kook. Yeah, so I was his engineer. You were Kook's engineer. Mm-hmm. And he preferred a certain type of switch that the studio didn't have. Mm-hmm. And instead of you being like, okay, we just have to work the what we, we have... She built it. You built the switch. Yeah. No, no, no. She went to Micro Center first. And then built it. No, <laughs> no, no, no. She Googled no, the sorry. Not Micro Center. It was Fries. My bad. Fries. Fries. She Googled the, yeah. Googled the schematics. Googled the schematics. First of all, we had to say the word schematics. Then, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, just the respect. Oh, thank you. And the I salute I you for it. I, 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 I know what right goes into it. Just, I mean, it's pretty simple, but it's just like there are people no. like you. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not simple because most, like, like Stone just said, most people would be like, ah, well, "This is just what it is." It Here. is what it is. The I thought process even to like even it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, sometimes it is, but that was a situation where it was an easy fix, but they didn't want to believe that it was an easy fix. So I was like, "Okay, wow. it's fine." Um, God amongst the yeah. insects in that studio. What was his name? Go ahead, out him real quick. No, no. We won't <laughs> I do like that. my I'm career. I'm just playing. I'm gonna play nice. So. That leads me to a question I want to ask you, because right off the bat, I see just that mentality is going to be one of the answers. But what makes a good engineer? Oh, um, I think it's really the the skill obviously always has to be there. But I like to say this a lot when I go and speak anywhere. Your skill set is is what's going to get you in the room, but your personality and how you treat people is what's going to keep you there. My God! <laughs> Say it again. He knows me too well. Say it again. He knows God, me too well. <laughs> because I mean, you're spending so much time with these people. We're making music, which is a beautiful, like, awesome creative process. It doesn't have to be that deep. So, like, your people—it's people skills. It's yeah. just like it's paying attention to detail, and just it's the being able to like see someone's needs before they say it. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so that's the thing, and so that's being the part that broke me. I was, I, I, I got tired of being a therapist. I told you this. I got sick of being a therapist because that's a part of it. Yeah, like you, no, one hundred percent is the part of your it. Your job is to keep people like you. You're the glue in the room. The mm-hmm. whole I'm not the, a people person. Yeah, is it not doesn't work. An excuse. Oh my god, and, and, but and, you can't do that in this career. I mean, yeah. not to have a long career. Right. Exactly. Um, You'll get thrown out quick. And I grew out of being a people person because of having to do it. I so got it. Now you said. You have to have the skills as an engineer. Absolutely. You said, of course, that's a given. But, you know, unfortunately, it's not a given. Oh, it is what unfortunate. What do those yeah. skills entail? You know, I think being a, something that I learned through Kook, to, to be honest, um, I used to always, if there was an issue, for example, mm-hmm. right? I want to be right on it. And so then my energy in the room gets a little frantic because I'm trying to, like, solve, 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 mm-hmm. troubleshoot. Because, I mean, working in the tech shop really helped me being able to troubleshoot issues okay if it's not this then this signal flow like blah 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 blah. um 
But something I really learned from Kuken working with him was like just being calm the whole time doesn't matter like what's happening you don't want anyone else to know what's happening Mm. so like if i'm working with an engineer for example i'm in a studio and i'm vocal producing and the studio engineer comes in and there's like a bunch going wrong and my artist is in there and the engineer is like running around like with their head cut off because there's a lot going on it disrupts the energy of everything so i don't know why i want to talk speak on that but Mm. i mean it's energy really matters but understanding how to troubleshoot okay this is the problem. Let me trace it back to the beginning and mm-hmm. figure out where it is. It's really just a thought process thing because the the tools are going to keep changing and learning how things work is going to keep changing. Um, what did yeah. you do then to be able to troubleshoot so effectively? I mean, was it just a, a learn on the job thing? Like I'll just learn when something goes wrong in the session or were there things yeah. you did outside the sessions to make, sh- to make sure you knew how to troubleshoot? The well? tech shop was it a was big in the part tech shop. Yeah. And so- yeah, working in the tech shop helped me so much. Oh, this tech shop, where is this tech at shop? Berkeley? I worked oh, in the tech at shop at Berkeley. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, so to, to maintain the studios, and my sister worked there after when she went to college too, and it's amazing. Follow the family business. That's awesome. so dope. Mm. No, I learned so much. I will say, probably half of my Berkeley education, I feel like, was from that student employment job. Mm. But um, yeah, so that taught me how to do it, and then honestly, just. I've always kind of had that kind of a mindset. I really like solving problems. I really like escape rooms. I really like things like that. I oh, think that that's too. like the best. Escape rooms. We'll talk escape rooms yeah. after you this. You freak me out a little bit, but then, no. We don't, don't go to scary ones. Huh? Don't go to scary no, ones. No, go to sc- the scary ones are fun. No, well, it's not even scary. It's, it's the fact, especially on one that's really hard and I can't get it. Yeah, the harder ones are usually the because easier. I ones immerse myself. So I'm like, holy crap, I really am here, and the, the radioactive slime is about to leak oh into the God. city. So I'm about to- <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I'd be like, calm down. First of all, it's a game. All right. Have you, have you done all the ones here in the town? Uh, yes. Okay, so you, you don't I do so many escape rooms. Okay, you, pandemic, you, the Rona of it all has, has you know yeah, diminished that for me, but. Oh, the ones yeah. at the battery are the best. So the they are. I haven't been to so, the one so at the battery. Have you done, have you done the Egyptian one? At the battery? Well, no, the Egyptian's not at the battery. No. The, the, the prison one is at the battery. Yeah, done that one? We beat that one. Love the, that. The prison one is up north. Uh, we got, can you want to go It's so fun. Yeah. It. Okay. okay. Next, either either before we, you leave or next time you come. Wow. I love escape rooms. You want to come, Stone? The playground one at the battery is my favorite one. If y'all go, I'll go. I'm geeking out. Right? I'm y'all super go, down. I'm always ever escape room. Right on. But nice. so yeah, do escape rooms to learn how to be a great engineer. Um, pro tip from this podcast. <laughs> but but, but no, why you why the, BSing? Like no, it's the, it's the, I know. It's the, it's the I, I used to, I just, yeah, it I is. Do Sudoku right. puzzles. That was my thing. Like it's That's literally dope. just figuring out how to get your brain to think outside of. What about the 100%. person that doesn't have access to the tech shop? Um, I mean, there's so much that you can learn. Uh, even with your own gear, like when your own stuff isn't working, instead of just being like, oh man, I have to call this person. Yeah. I mean, it's like, okay, you Google, you go on forums, you you track signal. It, By two it, of each thing. So this is this is my thing. I'm just uh-huh. going to throw this out there because you asked that question. This mm-hmm. is something that I actually used to do. So like I remember the first studio the home set I had was mm-hmm. back when the Inbox 2 Pro was a big thing. <laughs> yeah. So I, I hated bought, Inboxes. Yeah. I Did you? Oh. <laughs> See, I don't know much about that stuff, so I loved it when me. I had one. <laughs> I, I, I loved it until the duet came out <laughs> and then then I switched but I bought two I bought a brand new one and it was the brain for my little project movable system at home and then I found one on eBay that was used and beat up and as soon as it got there I busted open and I ordered the schematics and I figured out how everything worked That's awesome. it to figure out where transistors were and that was my thing like a lot of people when they think engineer they think just the soft side of it mm-hmm. they don't ever break stuff open yeah right. like take That's a hammer like literally part. literally take a hammer to something and reverse engineer it figure right. out why this is and again you, you can read 
You could read so much. Like I mean, everything on how it, how it's set up. I used to do that with my computers all the time. Like I mean, you can't with the MacBooks anymore because yes, they're one piece. Yes, you can. You can. Okay, we will talk. I mean, like this one. That's probably this one. Oh, this yeah. one you can. This one's that's easy. Yeah. Mine. I used to soup up all the time. I would I would switch stuff out, like change mm. everything. Did the same thing with Coops. Yeah, like, I got love a, that. I got to change the transition on this one because I'm having the graphics issue on it right now. That's starting to happen. But learning how to do that stuff, like I used to mm. just, I literally just went all on I YouTube. Heard just now, That's all I heard. Right. My bad. (laughs) But like I learned that from YouTube. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just there's so much that you can learn if you go out and pursue learn that knowledge, you know? So um YouTube use the best thing in the world right now. Like for anybody doing anything Mm -hmm. tech related. Not to mention even the soft side of of music. Like they I can't remember the guy's name. There's a guy now who somehow got his hands on like all of Michael Jackson's um just the stripped down sessions like the raw sessions from wow. like beat it billy jean and he literally his youtube channel is just breaking it down you know that's where those clips came from yeah because yeah, they, they there have been some clips that have gone out uh-huh and that's awesome dope. and all he goes through track by track he solo stuff and then he literally breaks down like what you're hearing and mm-hmm. then he does a second video where he mixes it again like he'll he, he mixed beat it and billy jean um how he would do it right. against what you know bruce sweetie did back then wow so like all of that stuff is out there it's mm-hmm. just you know having the ingenuity to one just what's your thing google it it's, it's literally it not, I, I know it's all there. but I, I, I will say this like from this and i don't know if it's intimidating yeah. for you like even for me like i i'm i never got as deep into it as you like i do know how to fix a bunch of stuff like i yeah. learned enough to be able to do it because i kind of have to especially Absolutely. in the live world but when you get the skims <laughs> Some of that documentation is thick and reading, oh, 100%. reading sucks so much. Now, oh, 100%. I, I, I let this read to me mostly and right. I just listen to it. Like, I turn everything into an audiobook now. It's, I a, it's it. how I get through everything. I got read 140 books last year Good by, for you. by reading 10 and listening to I read to 140 pages last year. But so. see, I read 140 characters last year. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> Let's see how small we can go. Got dumber and dumber. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, I mean, that's, see, I think, I, I've found that a lot of people are intimidated by the actual time it takes. Oh, absolutely. But 15 minutes, a, 15 minutes a day, 30 mm. minutes a day, like mm-hmm. an hour a day, whatever you want to put into it, like you can learn. And I will say like these days, I'm not as savvy with that stuff because I haven't, I'm more focused on, I vocal produce more now than I engineer. Just get right. And so like, I'm not as into that anymore, but um, it helped me so much in my career to have that backbone. Mm-hmm. Going into your vocal production, but I'm going to build the segue first. Yeah. Still on the engineering side, especially it's tracking. Yeah. Even mixing. How good is it to have, or how important is it to have like a musical ear? Oh, so I, I like, can think it's so important. Can you be somewhat tone deaf or whatever and be a good engineer? Yes. Yes, absolutely. But I just, I think it's such a big asset. And I just, I don't know, like for example, one of the big ways that I came up in my career and like built it was tuning vocals. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I was so successful there and so many people came to me is because I tuned vocals like a singer and not like an engineer. I wasn't, you know, and so being able to be musical about it and be like, okay, I need to lift this by three cents because like that feels better and like whatever. So that's, that musicality is really important. The engineering part of it, absolutely. Like you can, you know, not be a musician, but it absolutely helps. Right. So in your opinion, what makes a good vocal producer then? Well, yeah. Let's let's just admit there are some people actually that really don't know what vocal production is. Yeah. So explain what that is, and then in your opinion, what makes a good one? So a vocal produ- producer is kind of a cross between a vocal coach and a music producer, right? So it's like it's not everything that you're going to a vocal producer wants you to do is going to be technically correct, like a vocal coach would want you to do it. But it's understanding that know how of how to get 
the person, the artist to do what you need them to for the record, Mm -hmm. just like a music producer needs, you know, certain things for the record. So um, I'm in there, I'm coaching them. Okay. Sing this like this, smile, dance with this, um, do this harmony, do this ad lib, um, glottal attack here, like whatever. And so it's, you're kind of in a partnership with the artist and you're helping to create you're just hand in hand with them to create something that's really special. And you're kind of also that person that, you know, you talk to the A&R, you talk to the person who's the produce the track and you're making what needs to happen, happen. Cause also a lot of the time I get a demo that has a vocal on it that it's not the artist, you know, it's, it's someone else, but the A&R loves the demo. The label loves the demo. And I, now I have to recreate that magic that people fell in love with, with this new, yeah, yeah, with this new vocalist and like help make it theirs, but then also make it, what the label needs. Um, for example, when I did, when I worked on Be Careful with Kook, mm-hmm. uh, Cardi B, that hook, the only man, baby, I adore. Um, there you go. Well, which part? How did that go again? <laughs> yeah, 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 I happy. can't read. What record was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be careful. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> Y'all are too much. I asked you that. I was just saying, hey, you happy now? That's all. <laughs> so for that part, the hook of the song, if you notice when you listen to it, it's not perfectly in tune. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I first did it, I made it perfect because I was like, okay. And then I had to, I did it like three times because I had to make it where it wasn't too bad because the label wanted to sound good, but she didn't want to sound like a singer. Right. So I had to make it bad enough, but good enough. You know, it was really fun. And so like, yeah. (laughs) That's super fun. So, um, yeah, I forget, honestly, what we were talking about. That's what makes a good vocal producer. What makes a good good vocal producer is, I mean, you have to be really empathetic. People skills are so much of the game. Here we go, the people skills. I mean, because that's everything. You have to be able to, okay, is the, the artist is their instrument. The voice is, it's such a vulnerable thing. So if you don't feel comfortable as a singer when you're in the booth, you're going to hear all of that. Mm -hmm. And to be able to like push further than you normally go, do those things that end up being the magic of the record, you have to be so comfortable Mm -hmm. as a singer, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's my job as a vocal producer to create that environment and also to protect that environment. So say, say I'm working with a vocalist that is starting to get like kind of, they're newly signed or even if they're not newly signed and there's a bunch of people in the room, there's a lot of pressure on it. It's my job to be like, hey, everyone has to get out. Right. Mm-hmm. I need to just cut this with my artist and um, or make sure that I'm not bringing in anything that I'm going through in my personal life into the room. I need to be a blank slate for whatever they're going through mm-hmm. to just be there to be able to get through um, and make something really cool. So it's a lot of emotional intelligence. I think that that is like, 70% of the job and then well whatever but and then the engineering part I mean I engineer what I vocal produce not all vocal producers engineer um, you know so either have a really good engineer because you don't want to get that have that singer do that thing you've been trying to get them to do for for a minute they finally do it one time they're able to get their voice to do it and it peaks because uh, you know what I mean uh, because it wasn't being engineered <laughs> yeah. right right so that's super super important to either have a great engineer or be on top that's of something it that came from experience I mean that <laughs> just happens I used to get so mad at that when I was in the studio and I was singing and I was like I finally got something and I'm like really happy with the take and it's just and there's a clip <laughs> all clipped I'd be like mm. um anyway that's really what drove her to engineer can i can i can i ask this in, <laughs> yeah. in this vein um the versatility that comes from it because like being an engineer yeah you know from my days when i was still tracking like versatility from the, the style of artists that that you work with 
changes and how important that is. Like you work with people like The Dream, who is yeah. also a vocal producer himself and yeah. an extremely creatively talented mm-hmm. writer, musician himself. And then you work with Cardi B, who yeah. is just brilliantly talented on her own level, but not necessarily a musician. Yeah. All it's like Billy Porter, who's yeah. something different. Like that's Love a completely Billy. different vein in each yeah. individual character. Yeah. Like how do you move yourself? Because you're still the same person. Yeah. But your personality has a change. Your yeah. vibe, your oh, for energy sure. has a change. And then the techniques that you use have to change. Like, yeah. where does all of that come from? That's or do what you I make love. it up on the spot? I, that is one of my favorite parts of my job because I think that being a singer myself helps me so much in that vein because from working with Kook and, and working with all the, in Atlanta and working with these, these different people, I learned how to communicate what I need to in ways that aren't technically musical at all. And then I know from my singing background and my musician background how to commute thing, communicate things like in a technical vocal way. Mm-hmm. So it depends on who I'm working with, how I'm going to communicate, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all just different tools in your belt. Like when I'm working with someone like AJ Mitchell, for example, who's um, immensely talented, uh, he's like a very technical singer. Mm-hmm. And so I explain things to him. I can explain things to him more technically and he appreciates that. I could not do that in that same communication style with Cardi. Right. It just doesn't make sense. So it's understanding, okay, I'm always trying to get to a certain point. How do I say the same thing in a technical way and in a non, in three different ways? And then even sometimes I'll just sing in my sessions because if I have someone, I'm trying to explain something, I'm like, okay, can you do this? And then I can communicate X, Y, and Z so quickly Mm. by just doing that, Mm. you know? But some people you can't do that with because then they'll feel a certain type of way if you do that. So, um, it, the people skills of it and the how do you research that oh because one of the things i i, I had an issue on with, the, like, the artist yeah like, like what, what's your way of oh, do you though no i, I, I kind of feel that you when you get in it. when you start I, talking i used to <laughs> i oh. used to do, i used to find people who like i remember i had a, I had a session with twister here mm. um i had never worked with him before and didn't i mean i heard he was a cool dude but mm-hmm. didn't but i heard he was very particular on how his sessions went and mm-hmm. he wanted specific mm. chains on his stuff and I just happened to have a friend who I remembered had worked with him in New York once yeah. before. So I called it, yo, I just found out the twist is coming up here. And I don't really know how to set this stuff up. Mm. Not only did he send me a session template, Amazing. which I thought was super dope, but like he Shout gave me like a, a 30 minute crash course. Like he doesn't like this. He loves this. Set it up this way. And that kind of set the tone for how I approached the whole right. session. Absolutely. As opposed to what like, I walked into some sessions, Cole also here. Yeah. And they, they went sideways yeah. because um i remember when, when matt head was here mm-hmm. um when green matt leaf. was doing the green leaf stuff mm-hmm. and and jay was handling most of that stuff but jay had to step out for something he's like yo john can you step in for a second i was like mm-hmm. yeah hadn't even met matt yet right so i'm walking into a room that already has a vibe yeah. they're in the middle of tracking something and i have to kind of fall into this and mm-hmm. i felt so out of place not that i didn't know how to do it and couldn't handle it mm-hmm. but it was just like being thrown into it and not being able to kind of 100 foresee what i was walking into what the personalities were what that vibe in that room was yeah and it was a really awkward 30 minutes which i don't think they expected it to be because they've been working with jay for you know right. months by that point but he just he had to step out it goes back to her thing about <laughs> so being a people person because yeah. that's more than just personality sure it's, yeah it's it's reading and picking up energies mm-hmm. absolutely being intuitive but you just walk you know in cold I mean? is what you're saying though like you don't do like a well lot of- it depends so okay. if i'm walking in as an engineer of course i'm doing research okay for sure because that's you're setting yourself up for success by doing that so like i mean i've made my template at this point so that like kind of however someone wants to work i can adapt mm-hmm. but um absolutely like i'm talking to 
a lot of the times I'll know who their engineer was before and I'll just ask them questions. Okay, but, but wow, cool. nice. But if I'm a vocal producer, it's different, right? Mm-hmm. Because then they're hiring me for my opinion exactly. and for, for how I do things. Right. So it's different. So like, I mean, some things that I still will look into, like when I used to work with Kook and we had a vocalist coming in and I was his engineer, I'd like Google the artist's height before they came in so that the mic was the right height. <laughs> Look at you. I love <laughs> She's so in. freaking thorough. Attention to detail, Yo, dude. I pray that wow. all you engineers are listening to this. Like, for real. Yeah, I, I didn't even do that. <laughs> Man, <laughs> the thoroughness is freaking... I've, now, I will, I will say I, had, I always did the snack research thing. Like, oh, I, yeah. I always oh, heard always heard the Mariah Carey Eminem story. So the snack thing was my thing, but like I've, I've never one time Googled heights to try to set my... That was always when they got here. That was so dope. Makes you want to go back and fix a few things. No, but that was... Was the same. I mean, I used to when we were doing the Rose album with with Jess, like in 2016. Um, she would. There was like one time she came in in heels, right? And you don't want to sing in heels a lot of the time because mm-hmm. you don't feel grounded. Like when you're like belting, belting. You want to take your shoes off. Neither, neither one of us off. can relate, but okay. Got it. But I <laughs> or, noticed. Well, I don't know. Can you? Does okay. <laughs> He's out here belting it out, not telling you anything. Go ahead. (laughs) But I remember I noticed and um, I like just like bought a pair of socks and I brought it to the studio for her to have the next day. And she was so appreciative. Like that kind of helped facilitate the relationship that we had. So I am going to have a training camp here (laughs) at Icon. I'm going to fly you in. I will put you up. In a very nice Airbnb or hotel, and you were going to spend two days training my folk. Now, <laughs> I'm ride or die. I'm all about family. I have some good engineers. Yeah, and they amazing. are all good people and yeah. all that kind of stuff. But I ain't going to lie. Yeah, you know, I have a lot of, I have a lot of Hyundai Genesises. <laughs> beautiful. What does that mean? I have first, a of all, first of all, beautiful car. <laughs> I'm going to say. So hear what I'm saying. Hear what I'm saying. They're Hyundai. That's my point. They're yeah. Hyundai Genesis. They're beautiful cars, right? Right. Not Bentley's dope. Yeah. Okay. Like you're a freaking Bentley. Oh, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it's not a diss. It's just a, it can be sharpened a little bit. And shoot, we might need to think about doing that, something like that just for the city of Atlanta. But that's a side <laughs> that's conversation a whole, that's, just to raise the whole engineering that's a, game. That's a different thing. I'm, I'm listening to the attention to detail and thoroughness here, yeah. which yeah. is something anyone around here would tell you. Mm-hmm. Like they actually say that I'm too anal with it to the mm-hmm. point where they. Oh, it's aggravating. I mean, me yeah. too. People say that. I mean, I've been taking pictures and I've been like, that's nah, what I, I used walked to do. up this. I, 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 I walked into the building just like everyone else and I'm the only one that saw that cup on the side. Yep. Like, I'm like that. Yep. And to take that into a studio room yeah. is exactly the kind of atmosphere that I want here at Icon yeah. and everything. So, I mean, you're just you're just singing my game. Yeah, so, so, question: I do yeah. have, I do want to ask this. Yeah. Given all the stuff I'm hearing, well, one, I want to know what you what what event would you consider to be your big break? The one that kind of broke op- broke open everything for you? Oh, I mean, my, I mean, my my biggest thing that kind of happened with my career where people started being like, oh, okay, was, you know, when I engineered, I like it, be careful, like that whole thing, all those Grammy noms. Um, There was another thing that I did. Um, They needed tuning to be fixed Mm -hmm. at one point and I was able to step in and uh, do it, but they had already paid somebody else to do it, right? And so it was kind of just like, oh, do you think you can help us? And I see, but here's the thing. I think that it's really important when you're coming up, you can't just do everything for the bag. But there are situations that make sense Mm -hmm. to do for free. And there are situations that don't. Not everyone's project is going to be one of those that you should just be putting yourself 
you're tr- you can't eat. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But there's a difference, and it's really important to know that. So like the naysayers, this, though, the opposite side, they're out yeah. there. Know your worth. Don't be doing nothing for free. You know what you're worth. I'm, At a point. I'm of the same point as you, though. Yeah. Value the situation. And Absolutely. And if the situation is a valuable And the thing is, it's the different. Value, just like you said, the value isn't always monetary. No. But if it's a relationship. Absolutely. it's a networking opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so that situation, I was like, okay. And that ended up being my first plaque that I ever got. It was right. like the oh, work that I did on that. that's the one you said, one, the plaque for free. Yep. And, and And that came from that. And that, and that was so amazing, you know, yeah. from that credit. Um. And so, yeah, so it's understanding what's good to bend and what's bad for that. Because when you're starting out, you need to make yourself valuable to people and to like show that value. No one is just going to like know who you are, what you could do until you show them, right? Or care. Or care. Because everyone, especially in LA, everyone and their mom wants to work in the music industry in some capacity because it's fun. It's so fun. Everyone wants to be an engineer. Everyone wants to be a producer. Everyone wants to make beats, whatever the heck. But you have to earn that space the people that are like the greats in this have put in that work so so okay uh-oh, uh-oh. So just, oh no i think i said no. something so, I so we just that. had a meeting i'm gonna leave all names out oh my god because this person wasn't the first person to share the sentiment mm-hmm. and if this person hears this i don't want them to feel like i'm knocking them because i was very grateful that they were honest because mm. i need that honest feedback yeah. but when i interview my team the first thing I say is I don't care if you are an artist, producer, or writer, engineer. None of that means anything to me. Okay. You are here to help me run a smooth business. If you do that, though, and you do it well, you have a ride or die partner mentor in me. Mm. I will open every door. I will split every C. I will mm. read and I will go through my contacts. Whatever I need to do to help put you on, yeah. I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. But you have to show me your worth yeah. first. Yeah. This particular person, that hurt their feelings. Mm. There was like, I that's, that seemed more like a, you were just like, look, well, I'm only going to scratch your back if you scratch mine. Yes. That's life, bro. Like... <laughs> And they had a real, real problem with it. Yeah. So again, I'm not knocking it because first I really appreciate him sharing that because if yeah. he didn't, he would have walked around and harbored that for and, sure. and not understanding. But again, that was that was your whole thing. It's like you need to go in there. People don't really care because at the no. end of the day, I always say priority number one is who? Yeah. Yourself. Absolutely. I don't care who you are. That's just the law of nature. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. Even if I'm being nice to you to help you, yeah. chances are I'm probably trying to get in good with you 100%. or something like that to help myself. Absolutely. Everything so, has to be uh, yeah. mutually beneficial. Those are the best relationships, mm-hmm. you know, when success is tied. But like, yeah. So, I mean, I will say there are a lot of people out here that are trying to use that to their advantage and take oh, advantage no. of people. And so that's absolutely. the issue, right? Because nope, it's like right. there's not enough there's people. there's no way to filter it. And that's what's really, it's just so hard to filter that because there are a lot of people that then do that. And then people end up with these really expensive educations. They're not making any money. They've been running for three, four years just for free. And it's like, oh, okay, but like my come up's coming. Oh, okay, but my come up's coming. And it's just like, so that's, that's what's difficult about it. And I, I feel kind of both sides of that situation, Mm -hmm. especially for like my generation and, and the people coming up after me and whatever. Um, you feel it, but you're not it. And the reason why yeah. is all someone has to do is put Simone in the environment and then walk the frick away. <laughs> all someone has to do is put Simone in the store. Simone's going to come out with freaking a bunt cake. 
uh, <laughs> freaking surf and turf. Like she's going to go in there and take advantage of the environment. Like and I don't have to make put you in the environment out of and then the hold food. your hand on what to do the environment. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, hundred percent. So, so it, it almost it almost doesn't matter if someone is abusing your work or your time because you're like, I'm here. I'm going to look out for me while I'm here. Mm. You see, the person, like you said, the person said, uh, what do you say? The, my, my time or my come up is coming. Yeah. To me, I have a problem with the word coming because mm-hmm. that means you're sitting and waiting. Mm. You see what I mean? You should be, you should be meeting it. Yeah, for you sure. Should be Absolutely agree. It. And that's what, that's what I'm loving. Every single thing I'm hearing from you through this entire conversation is Simone made her way prosperous. Thanks. So you yeah. just put her in the room. Just put Simone in the room. Thanks. And she'll make it happen. And the only reason why it won't happen is because it wasn't meant for you to happen there. Yeah. But you probably still left with something. Yeah. A lesson, what how to deal with this person, something. But Simone's not walking away empty-handed. Mm-hmm. That's the message that I keep that keeps resonating through every single thing that you're saying. Thank you. You are where you are and you are who you are for a freaking reason. Thank you so much. It's not much. a mistake. Thank you. And guess what? Where you're about to be tomorrow is about to be mind-blowing. Thank if you. that's who you are, you see what I'm saying? Thank you. Hey, so turn yeah. your phone off. Yeah. Let's do that. I am interested. I was like, that's so awesome. look, we're going to continue this. Y'all no, make sure y'all come back it. next week. We're, we're going to, um, well, I don't know if we're going to wrap it up or not. I don't care. She can talk for the next 10 episodes. <laughs> I don't give a crap. But uh, we will be back <laughs> next week. So uh, join us again with uh, Simone Torres.